1: Jesse, you know, if there's one thing that I think I, in my life, have never been granted, and uh, I'm assuming you as well, you know, we'll see. Most people um, haven't really been granted. It's good timing Um, because we log on to this Zoom call that we're on right now, you know, to record this this lovely podcast. And goodness gracious, what happens is Matt Murray gets traded literally two minutes in to the podcast, Andy gets traded to the Leafs, which means I have to then stop, go write something about it, and then come back. um
0: Well, you know, the full story here, by the way, is that you said before we started recording. Yes. An hour or so before we started recording, sure hope Matt Murray doesn't get traded when we decide to do the show.
1: And look what happened. He got traded. It wasn't even that. It was like, I hope, like, I sure hope Matt Murray doesn't, um, I was like, I sure
0: hope Matt Murray doesn't get traded right before we do the show. That's what happened. But you knocked out some unbelievable work in record time. Uh, your editor Steve is going to be phenomenally happy with what you've done. Uh, and you know, kudos to you, Mike. You're the Thank gritty you. guy of the week. You're the gritty guy of the week. I, pre-
1: I appreciate yeah, that. Fine. Thank you, gritty guy of the week. That's what I've <laughs> always. That's what I've always wanted. So I'm. I'm extremely glad that you stuck it out, dude. That I stuck it out. Yes, um, yeah. So Matt Murray is uh, is a leaf. Um, now what's great about this is I just so happen to uh, my co-host just so happens to be a longtime Pittsburgh Penguins uh, writer, Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, like beat writer, Jesse Marsh. So there he is. Um, I don't know why I just stumbled over your name, Jesse. That, that was pretty wild, um, Jesse Marge, but. So you I I you, I'm obviously going to going to dive into you telling me a lot of, a lot about him but for right now so the deal is um yeah the Leafs get a 2023 third round pick a 2024 seventh round pick in exchange for future considerations they gave up nothing to get him and Crazy. also on top of that um the Sens are retaining 25% of Murray's uh contract for the next two years That's two more years left on it so initially i would think that that seems good But then I think Matt Murray, who has not had a save percentage over 900 since 20, since the early days of 2019, um, is going to be counting almost $5 million against the Leafs salary cap um, in a time when they are extremely capped out, um, when they could have likely given roughly that amount to Jack Campbell um, or potentially another, another UFA goalie. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Darcy Kemper, just like in turn, like, I know he won a cup, but he had to retrain his eye two times every day. So I think that's pretty risky. Why um, did he win
0: the cup? Did they win, did they win the cup because of Darcy Kemper? No, you know, he,
1: they, they almost lost, they almost lost it. Or they, I would say they almost won it in spite of him. Well, they were immune
0: to goaltending, I
1: think. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, but what's funny is like, sometimes they weren't like, they lost two games of that series and they outplayed played the lightning pretty much the entire time. Like, it, I think really what only came down to it was, was goaltending, but this is extremely risky, like for the Leafs. Like I, like I, I am, you know, looking at this just purely from, from a Leafs point of view, like this is, this could be the make or break of Kyle Dubas's career because, because not only like you're not only is this is you're, you're really betting like pretty much a make or break year for re-signing Austin Matthews too. Like he, like, I think he'll re-sign with the Leafs, but only if he thinks they're going in the right direction and only think, only I think if they've achieved success, doesn't have to be mean a cup, but like it achieved like success in this year, especially. Um, and then the next year before his uh, contract is over and you're betting all that pretty much on a guy who is extremely injury prone, um, who hasn't been good in like three calendar years. Um, who was put on waivers, unclaimed and then sent to the AHL last year. Um and now he's making almost 5 million dollars per year and you're giving up and uh, by doing that you're essentially letting walk out the door um a guy who uh, who you had who was a known commodity who yes is 2 years older um but you could have paid pretty much the same thing for uh maybe a little bit more. To uh, have him in there, who, who he clearly likes it, and Jack Campbell, and on top of that, you just traded. And I, I like the trade in in a vacuum, but you just traded out of the first round to get a to get a goalie who had two years left on his deal at over three point five million off your books, and then two days later, you turn around and you go and add another one. It's really risky.
0: I well, I agree with everything you just said. It's it's really it's it's really risky. Because the, rep, the 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 scouting report on Matt Murray is is durability. Yes. So, what's your plan if he gets hurt? What's your plan if he's not available? Like you you, you know, you know, I don't think have the scope of ability to be able to go out and sign you know a third super competitive NHL quality goaltender. So, you're banking on uh, uh you're banking on him bucking the trend. Yeah. Basically. And staying healthy. Let me, uh, and I'll tip you off on this. Okay. Fans of the Leafs, listen up. You are going to hate this glove hand. Oh. You're going oh, to hate it. Lovely. You'll love. You'll love. I think the size with which he can take the net up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his pad movement is still really good. Angularly speaking, I think he's, you know, as good as he ever was. Um, you could argue that like all goalies are susceptible to get beat high glove. I would agree with that argument. I think that's the toughest. That's why people shoot there, right? Like That's why, that's why <laughs> yeah. it happens. But like, but I think there's there's varying levels of struggle in that area. And I think it's just been one for him that's like his kryptonite. It's really, really been a big problem. So there's that. Um, but I mean, it, I, I know I'm like making this painting, this doom and gloom picture, but like dude, I watched the guy win back-to-back cups, Yes. right? And like when he hits that zone, which he was in, People don't realize, like, because the, the senators were so bad, like, goals saved above expected, which is like for yes. me the Bible of goaltending performance. Matt Murray to been the Leafs' best goalie last year. Yeah. So you know, there's that. I mean, per the stat, yeah, he had a better goals saved above expected last year than at the end of the year all Leafs goalies. Now, now here's the thing too: uh, it would have been better. I, and I hate saying this because. It's like yeah. saying like my test scores would have been so good as when I was in college, like I would have taken out all my bad grades, but like Matt Murray's performance really did take a hit towards the end. Right. Like his, mm-hmm. his, his last run of games, he had a run of games specifically that really damaged his numbers. They were like, you know, eight, eight, that one eight goal against performance he had. I mean, that, that stuff will just kill you. Uh, It's like my golf game, you know? So I think at the end of the day, they're the, there was there's a little bit more to the, so consistency at the end of the day Mike's the name of the game of that's course. the name of it. availability yeah. and consistency but the point I'm trying to make is is that 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 zone he goes in where he's mm-hmm. like unbeatable it happened last year he had a run like that last year it didn't last very long right there he, it came with a bucket full of problems but like you know maybe you trust your coaching to get that back you know maybe maybe you you, you trust your coaching to elongate that and, and you know I don't know, eliminate those consistency concerns. I'm just, to your point, it's like walking into the casino, walking right up to that roulette table, and you're not even betting red or black. Like, you're going specific, you're putting a specific, you're going, like, I'm putting my money on 30. <laughs> like, you know I mean? like, we're not even going red, black here. Like, this is, I think it's even more riskier than that. Oh, it is. Um, but, but again, to your point, though, like, you you, you really didn't, you gave up nothing. You gave it. you know. Yes. I don't know. So that- I don't know
1: that's i guess sort of like what really giving up okay giving up nothing is extremely important like in this in this case if they gave up any asset whatsoever i think this would be just across the board a complete like disaster like it's matt murray it, it like it, it is look he could bounce back that'd be great goaltending is ridiculous like we don't know freaking mike smith just led the oilers to the the western conference final he was terrible the whole time so like i don't know it's crazy stuff but um and, and And I think the reports that were coming out um, and we're going to talk about how this was reported, by the way, (laughs) as well. Um, But like just this is just so scary. Like this is this is a scary proposition if you're a Leafs fan, because like you said, consistency is the name of the game. It's extremely key. And also durability for a goaltender is Mm -hmm. the name of the game. It is key. The Leafs saw exactly what happened last year when a goaltender was. I would say foolishly uh, playing through injury in Jack Campbell um, because he just, he became a like AHL level goaltender for like three months in the middle of the season, you know, oh, sure. after, yeah. after being like a Vesna candidate for the, I, I would say through the up until like halfway through January. And then he closed it out on a good note, but like, and he was good in the playoffs, but like, it's, it, it it's just scary. Like this guy has not been, a consistent starter he has not been a high level starter you know in in you know in in three years and that's a long time think about how different your life was when matt murray was you know the 923 goaltender uh for the penguins in at the end of uh uh, 2018-19 yeah you know my life looks completely different
0: yeah so two things i'll say (laughs) on top of all this one point that you made that we just have to reiterate we have okay. to reiterate it, okay. is that Kyle Dubas has, has made his bed here he's yeah. co- like I, you can excuse guys Mike who get bad goaltending right like if you're a, 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 an administrator hockey administrator at some level and a bad run happens you get pdo you know you can sit back and look at that objectively and say okay like we can run it back we've got it like this is under control this this is a situation where you you're swinging the bat, mm-hmm. right? Like you are making the change. You're personally making the call. You're going out and getting this guy yourself, right? If this doesn't work out, you cannot PDO this away. No, you can't. If the if he has a bad year, he has a bad year on your accord. You made the call, right? Like this. Sh- we've we we talked about it when they got booted, Mike. Like the leash is not that long anymore. It's just not. Like you, this doesn't this is not gonna last forever. Contractual problems exist. The, the cap exists. There are finite resources available. You have to make savvy decisions. And this is one that great look, pedigree is there, right? We know Dubas loves to sue So this is like, you know, there's another reunion on that front. Uh the that the picture is already floating around the internet of Lamoureux's parents. Just deeply tonguing each other, and oh, on I'm one side it says Kyle Dubis, and on the other side it says Sue St. Marie Greyhounds, <laughs> <laughs> former Sue <laughs> St. Marie Greyhounds. But, uh, but I mean, to your, you know, look, if it doesn't work out, man, that's it. It's yeah. like forget about it. Uh,
1: well, and I know this is, I know this is a little. Well, can I finish my thought? Oh, we're sorry, crazy. sorry. I thought thing? you were done. Sorry, go ahead. How go ahead.
0: serious? How serious do you? And the reason I bring this up is anecdotal. Okay. To be frank, this is anecdotal. Okay. But I feel like fool me once, you know George W. Bush quote: "Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, never fool me again." How's the competition going to look for Matt Murray's starter spot? Is would you consider this to be like? Is his how hot is his seat? Because like I I think historically, Mike has played Matt Murray has played significantly better hockey when he's got someone breathing down his neck trying to take his spot. He hasn't really had that element since the year you called out his last good year. That's a and like, really good point. Like that, all that, that dynamic with flurry. And then to some extent later on, Tristan Jari uh, always was sort of there. Um, is that going to be a thing in Toronto? You think like, is there a legit threat to him not having that job? How, at what level does he have to underperform for his, his, that starter moniker to be yanked from him? Well, I don't definitely,
1: know. No, I right now, there's nothing like, it's not like Eric Schalgren's gonna, gonna, you know, like push him for, for starters, for, you know, for the starters role, but like the, like immediately after this, I it was either Dreger or LeBron tweeted that the Leafs are looking for another goaltender, like, there you go. and there, and there are a couple out there, like specifically, and I was thinking this, like Ilya Samsonov, like he, the, he didn't get qualified by the, uh, uh, by the capitals today. And yes, he wasn't, he wasn't good last year, but he's young. He's got a lot of talent. There's a reason he was there. Um, and he's also, I keep in mind, these are also two out, like, like he's another sort of like sub old Murray's just like, he's 47 days over the age of 25, but just for these, the purposes, I'm going to say he's another 25 and under, um, uh, goaltender who, you know, has, has raw skill, um, was in like a tandem so there was maybe some some controversy there but also has a chip on his shoulder now and probably Mm. won't be too like likely won't be too expensive now these on the open market um i think if they get someone like him in there uh, at an affordable price seemingly they can say look you you can be in in competition for this you know we're a contending team we just got to we just created an entire sort of goaltending department. We have we just got a new goaltending coach, um, which is another thing. Is yes, you know, like they must be clearly very confident in um, in the work of Curtis Sanford uh, to be their new goaltending coach. He did he you know he worked wonders with uh, with Thatcher Demko and a bunch of of um, Vancouver's uh, goaltending prospects coming up through Abbotsford and, and Utica. Um, but it's also like he's not a known commodity. Like, no, they just you- got him.
0: You mentioned an important point too, Mike, and then he's under 30. Because mm-hmm. if you wanted me to give you the name of the other goalie you could go out and sign in this unrestricted free agent period that's under uh the age of 30, it's David Riddich. Oh, and the Leafs have already had him and he uh, <laughs> so uh didn't do that. That's it, it. That's it. I mean, you know, you're looking at like Miko Koskinen level, uh, which like you know, 34 and a half, 35 mm-hmm. is like the youngest you're getting. Jack Campbell, 30, 30 and a half but that's it. I mean, the pickings are slim as far as like goalies that, cause I mean, look, let's be honest. I don't, and goaltending is a mystery to me that I'll never understand. Yes. Anything um, can happen. You made the and that, that, you know, there's still a book to be written there, you know, like that, that's a player that you could bring in and with, again, the right coaching, you know, the right development, you're not going to groom them, you know, from a pedigree perspective, but you can fix bad habits sometimes. Right. Like that's not a dog that's old enough to learn new tricks. Right you're not going to, on the other hand, uh, go out and correct the behavior of Thomas Grice, right? He's 37, you know, he is what he is at this point. Um, yeah, uh, but we, I did say that earlier in this segment though, I thought that like, you know, is the question remains that the Leafs going to have to go out and get another goalie, and it sounds like that question's already been answered by Darren Dreger and some other folks.
1: Yeah, so I think that's I think that's essentially what is the key here. Like I like right now, it's Matt Murray and Eric Schalgren under contract, mm. which is just like it's it's nauseating in my opinion. Like it is, it's not just terrifying; it's like it's making me physically ill. Yeah, like like I want to do whatever the opposite of that guy of the, the, the guy's parents just absolutely tonguing each other to death. Like whatever the opposite of that is, that's what I want to do thinking of that tandem. Um, no offense to either, to either player, obviously. Um, nah. but no, of course not. Um, but going out and getting a somewhat established guy or a hungry guy like a Samson of, or, you know, like I'd rather not Thomas Grice. Cause he's like banned from the German national team. Um, for reasons that I probably shouldn't even say um, and other things like that. But if they get someone to push them, um, then that's it. or they get another guy who, you know, if slash I'm just going to say slash when Murray gets hurt, can at least step yeah. in. Um, because if you're if you're betting on Murray playing a full season as your goaltender. It's pretty rough, like like that, that is
0: absurd. Yeah, I will say this, though. I don't think it's worth entertaining. I think that there are arguments that that started, and I don't know if they continued in Ottawa, but there was like this mental toughness question of Matt Murray, where like people kept wanting to go to like, I don't know, like tra- like traumatic events that happened to him and point oh, to yeah, him and be yeah, like, "That's yeah. why this this is the way it is." And I'm like, "That's stupid." Well, I'm sure that played a part if, at that period of time, maybe, but f- we cannot still be seriously four years later pointing our finger at those events and saying like, this is what his problem is in net. No, like he's got some things he's got to work through as a goalie, like that have always existed that are probably rearing their heads more now that he's older and less athletic than he was, you know, five years ago End of story. I don't know. That's how I didn't get that out of me. There's a great,
1: uh, there's a very good, I want to
0: mention, you wanted to mention how this was reported.
1: Yes. Now, now, real quick before we do that, and I guess this sort of ties in like Chris Johnson tweets out that uh, just tweeted out that, um, there that Matt Murray, what he's set to make next year, uh, which is 4.8, 4.67, no, 6875. Um, did the math exactly. Uh, and it took me an embarrassing amount of time to get that math correct, by the way. I, I, I got the wrong thing like 50 different times. It was bad. I'm very bad at math, but, um, like 18 goaltenders are, are making more than that or have, are, yeah, are currently making more than that. And it will likely be two more once Kemper and, uh, and Campbell sign. So it'll likely be he will likely have the 21st 20. highest cap hit among NHL goalies, which is stomachable in, in a vat. But you can't look at it just based on that. You have to look at it by the team and what the team. Right. And like for a team is capped out as the Leafs. Like, could you think could you possibly spend these assets better? Like, could you possibly spend that dedicate that money? In a better way, whether it was to Campbell. Now the, the thing that people are saying is the term is going to hurt Campbell. You know, you want Campbell for five years. He's 30 right now. He's had injuries for all this time. You can pay him till he's 35. Great. I guarantee you, I I I bet you Kyle Dubas will not be seeing the end of that contract, no matter what happens. Um, I think right now you have to kind of throw caution to the wind and do what you think is best. And and put the team in the best position to win right now, because another season without a playoff victory, and that's how low the bar is too. And they haven't even gotten over that another season without a playoff victory. I mean, that's, that's a disaster. That's a disaster. Yep. That's, that's an absolute disaster. Now I wonder if a guy like Varlamov perchance might be a good guy, you know, like maybe there's some retention there. Who knows? Like just, I think they, I think they get like a veteran-ish guy, either a Samsonov up or a veteran-ish guy, who is is like, you know, kind of on that cusp of like a one he, who's a kind of a definitive one B, but pushes is good at pushing the other guys good at never making them too comfortable being a good teammate, obviously, but always being like, look, if I if I stumble like they they could go to this guy, but it's wild. Now, how this was reported um, is that. If I had to see another tweet, though, saying that Matt Murray to Toronto was getting close, I was going to lose my goddamn mind, Jesse.
0: how close can you get without going over, you know?
1: I, I've never seen, I've never seen insiders specifically, and and you know these are my colleagues now, so I don't want to really talk anyone too much, but like, you know, like I've never seen people say, tweet so much and say so little, and like, de to Toronto was starting like that that exact tweet, which was Maria to Toronto was getting close. That's literally what like what a certain you know insider was tweeting. That was tweeted like the day before the draft. It was tweeted on Thursday. It's Monday now. And it was tweeted again. And there were three tweets leading up to this that were essentially like inch, like it's at the 30 yard line. It's at the 20 yard. I if it's not happening, then don't freaking tweet.
0: There was a le- I I agree with you.
1: This is why people There's hate a Toronto. Want-
0: <laughs> There's a want to be first, right? I think you always have that want to be first on the scene. I hated it in the draft weekend too. Like it killed, I think the draft experience for people who weren't in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was like this, this competitive, like who can get the pick out first thing. And if you were following along on Twitter, it was totally offset with what was happening on your television. Um, and there's probably best to just ignore your feed at that point and not pay attention to the app because uh, you know, people were climbing over each other to spit those picks out it's
1: yeah i i just i hate yeah, I hate this need to be first like i hate this sort of like just complete this constant like we gotta jump in here we got we gotta get this first and it's sa- to sacrifice i would say like the <clears throat> it's hard to describe like it sac- it sacrifices like the essence of the situation like it it sacrifices you know like like this is a trade um that was happening in every other normal trade. Gets tweeted out as in these two sides are talking and then when the trade goes through. All right, this is like the trade has happened per source or whatever. It doesn't go. All right, these two sides are talking. It's getting close next day. It's getting close next day. It's getting close three times on the same day. It actually happens. It's getting close, getting close, getting close. Another one. It's it might be coming tonight. Then it does come. And, and the guy who, and it's funny, the guy who kept tweeting was getting close, got scooped. Like, so it was yeah. funny, but, and then at the draft, like I tweeted out before and I was lucky enough to be there. So like, I didn't really sort of get, get bashed by this, but like, stop spoiling the picks. It, like it solves nothing. It doesn't yeah. benefit anyone for you to do that. This is an entertainment product and, and this is applicable to the NBA. And as much as I love Woj and I love shams, whatever, like this is an entertainment product. You, the the reason why people are watching is so they can be is so they can find out in real time who their team is going to draft. It serves no one but you, the insider, to flex and be like, look at me, look at me. I know I know all this. Like I have this information. I have these sources to say, all right, this is who they're going to pick like three picks before it goes through. Like whoever said, you know, sources are indicating that the Canadians are going to draft your your eyes like, you know, a minute before it actually happened. Like, screw you, man. Like, what, what was yeah. the point of that?
0: I What I like is you have, like, Stephen Ellis, your editor, Corey Prime, and Scott Wheeler. Guys, the draft guys will do their ranking. They'll do their mock. And they'll say, leading up to, we're hearing this. We're hearing this. And then you get this aloof period between the draft and the pick. where It's this blackout. And, like, nope, this is the way it used to work. Where nobody knew anything, right? And then, like, we all learn together, right? Like, we're all going to be part of the, I don't know. The NFL draft is the same way. The NFL draft really went down that path this year where people were freaking out and putting down social media because they're like, I can't, they're like two picks ahead at this point. Like I can't actually keep up with this like and enjoy myself. Um, but it's nice to see anchel.com get the scoop. Like, shout out to them, man. You know, they're grinding.
1: Well, they, they didn't get the scoop in this well, no, that but it yeah, happened. Yeah, they, they had it ready and they accidentally hit publish. So, yeah, that's the funny thing is that. For 19 minutes before this happened, it didn't show up on the homepage. They clearly tried to hide it. Um, you do that, you know, on, on the back end, but they accidentally hit publish. On uh they accidentally <laughs> scooped it. Exactly, they accidentally scooped it. So it was very funny. So if I wanted to, I could have like, cause, cause someone sent me that, like someone literally was like dm me like, hey, you seen this? Like, you know, that, that kind of thing. I could have just gone out and be like, this is the trade. Like, ha, ah, sources, me, I'm an insider. But you know, I'm not a giant dork, so I wouldn't have done that. Um, it's wild. I, I this this is going to be like i i never would have thought matt murray was going to be the um what what like potentially sets the tone or i guess sort of like like maybe kills or 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 stays the the tenure of Kyle Dubas but here we are man it's it's yeah. wild um all right moving on i guess i guess let's let's talk before we get into the draft um we'll keep it in the pittsburgh penguins kind of circle in that today it was also reported that of malkin is uh, set to test the, the the open market. He's a free agent, at UFA, for the first time in his career. He's 35 years mm-hmm. old, um, coming off uh, uh, like he's still good, but coming off some injury prone seasons. Um, how do you feel, man? You're in Pittsburgh. You know you cover the team. You 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 know the market and the team and the fan base and the temperature of everything far better than I. What's going
0: on over there? Cheer panic, man. Oh boy, meltdown city. Um, don't get me wrong though, because like there's this weird dynamic here, Mike, where there's this anti-Geno contingent. You Anti- know, there's a like, oh, I
1: thought you said Chino, as in the Gino. pants.
0: No, 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 no. anti-Geno contingent Makes sense. Um, of people that like really I think are looking to move on from him. Um, Why? Service time. Um, like it's just a, like a he's like not a around remote. enough, right? Like he's
1: he's injured oh. a lot. I thought yeah. you meant like they got tired of him because he's been around. No,
0: so no, long. no, no, no. He's not. He's not. He hasn't play enough. He's too, too hurt too often. Um, combined with like this perception that he doesn't play the system and is like this. Does he? You know. Is that true? Um. What I would say is, no, it's not true. But what okay. I would say is when it, when it comes to certain things, Mike, like, and you see this in Toronto. Like what I'm about to tell you isn't unique to Pittsburgh certain offensive players austin matthews mitch marner mm-hmm. have the uh, f- more freedom on the breakout yeah true or false right you give let your shooter shoot right that's the old saying like give you want to puck on the stick of guys who can beat two defenders with the world-class move and and you know get it on goal uncontested and i think that when it comes to the power play and certain you know clean cut breakout situations like Malkin has a Malkin way and he does it his way. And that doesn't always involve other people, you know? Um, Yeah. But but it also works a lot. Right. And there's not been when he's in the lineup, there's not been a lot of fall off from him from a performance perspective. Like he's still a very good player who's capable of producing the occasional jaw dropping moment, but otherwise puts up numbers, you know? Oh, he does. I'm looking
1: at his stats right now. I mean, he hasn't played a full 82 game season since 2009, mm-hmm. but and, and a lot of those years are, you know, like a 31 game season, a 57 game season, a 55 game season, 33, 41 last year. But in all of these games or in all of these seasons, he's over a point per game, and yep. some of, and some of them well over a point per game.
0: He's sure. a very good hockey player. It's very good, but and, and here's the thing too: like not to beat a dead horse, but like with the service time thing, like a lot of these injuries are injuries that pop back up. Knees, structural problems to the knee, structural problems to the shoulder, those don't go away. They don't get better with age, right? But here's the key. It seems that this contract negotiation specifically is hung up on a fourth year. Some outlets in Pittsburgh, Mike DeFabo of the Post-Gazette, great guy, uh, is reporting that the Penguins have offered Malkin a fourth year, which is what he wants. But then – but Rob Rossi, The Athletic, reporting that Malkin's camp saying we never got a fourth year. There's never been a contract offer that has been concrete to us that has included a fourth year. My stance, Mike, if you're going to throw the contract you gave uh, to Chris Latang at him, it's going to take him all the way through 41, right? Um, six years from where he is now at 35. The fourth year for Malkin doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. You have already already you have Mike Matheson under contract until the year 3000. Yeah. Cuz his contract pre-existing. Uh you've got the Latang deal. Uh Russ deal is going well beyond that that point. Crosby's the, Crosby's contract obviously being the cut off here Mike. Like we're using that as the line of demarcation for the rebuild not knowing whether or not you'll get another Crosby contract. Uh which I don't think you will. if Malkin's gone by the way. I think your motivation for Crosby to come back is halved. I wonder why
1: I think because Letang's staying, Crosby, obviously, like, I don't think there will be any sort of, like, sore, like, I think the, the sore feelings will be lessened. But, I mean, like, I wonder how Crosby's feeling about this, you know? Anyway, sorry. 100%. Do-
0: um, no, yeah. So, I think all this is to say that the fourth year shouldn't make a difference. This, f- the front office has already taken actions, Mike, and already done things that belie their claim that a fourth year is the deal breaker. You've already done stuff that buries your fourth year. What is another – what's another contract at this point? You're, Why you're is at this that, the you...
1: hill they've died on? With Ma- Why is Malkin the hill they're dying on when it comes to term? Because they've done – they've handed it out. They gave what – brand? they gave Brandon Russ like six, didn't they? Like they gave a guy who's yeah. 35 who had a stroke. Six. like Like oh, 36, sorry, who had a stroke. No, no, like, no.
0: He's 35, but they gave him a six-year deal.
1: Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, they gave a guy who's 35 who had a stroke like five years ago, right. um, a six-year deal. Why, yep. ma- with Evgeny Malkin. Just extended Jeff Carter. Yeah, he extended Jeff Carter, who's like my dad's age. <laughs> like, it's it's insane, man. I don't understand why Malkin, like, why a fourth year for Evgeny Malkin, a guy who has been with the team forever, you know, who,
0: But there you go right there. There you go right there, Mike. Being with the team forever? FSG wasn't here then that's true Ron Hextall wasn't here then they don't care right like Mario Lemieux is a prop owner at this point right like he's there for the show of it and yeah you know to collect his one percent or whatever it is um he's not calling the shots over there you know um I just uh you know I don't know, and like you know, I, I've been saying all night on Twitter that you know, there's two sides to every story, and then three when the truth gets told, right? Um, so we don't we don't know, like we don't know what the offers are, we don't know what the negotiations have looked like. But you know, a lot of people say like, "Well, you know, Vince Trocheck's available. He's a Pittsburgh boy. He's from Pittsburgh. That'd be a great reunion." The evolving hockey pr- pr- uh, uh, contract projection: four years, six million, <laughs> supposedly the exact same deal that Malkin's looking for. For a player who, let's be honest, like and call it what it is, is not anywhere near as talented as no. Malkin and is not giving you anywhere near the returns. So, um, you could sign him for the same deal. And granted, he's younger. It's a much different situation, but he's peaked. You know, we're past that point already with Trocheck. Like, mm-hmm. what you get is what you get, and it's not going to get better as time goes on. So,
1: we're really coming down to splitting hairs between Evgeny Malkin and Vincent Trocek. Like just take a step back and think about that for a second. Evgeny Malkin is still a point per game player. Yeah. He missed half, literally half the season last year. He played 41 games. Dude still scored 20 goals and got 42 points. There are 20 yeah. goal scorers who are getting five year deals. Basically dude, uh, Valerie Nichushkin scored 25 goals
0: and he played a whole year last year. It's and just he just got, got a s- 1000 year contract. Yeah. He yeah. just
1: got an eight year deal worth 6.125, 6. 6 yeah.
0: mm-hmm. you know, like so, it's, and now consider this too, right? Like, it. Dan I love Heinen. considering Danton had a great year last year. Yeah. Unbelievable year. No offer to him, supposedly. But Kapanen got one. Which is ridiculous. It, which, which is ridiculous. Kapanen scored 11 goals last year. And, and it was objectively horrific, I think, yeah. at certain times. So, you know, I guess the question is, you know, whether it be Trocek or Malkin, like, whatever one it is, if they're flanked by, by Kapanen and Zucker, so make a difference,
1: but then we have, but then we have Zucker, who's also injury prone like
0: crazy. They're not doing anything to get rid of him. Well, it takes two to tango, right? Like I don't know uh, to what level they've tried. <laughs> Was, <laughs> wasn't he it. on a buyout list at some point? Like weren't they thinking of buying him out? No, no, not to my knowledge. No, okay, um, no, but I know you know his names come up a lot, especially mm. around the deadline. Um, you know, as one of those deals that you could make as a hockey trade. You know, potentially. Yeah shed cap and improve um i don't know man it's just a confusing time right now I mean, people are like you know jumpy there's a lot of emotion in this you know this is a guy dating back many many years ago who the penguins literally snuck out of the country mm-hmm. to los angeles and <laughs> a giant coup to get him out of his contract with magnitogorsk Immediately shows up, like beats Martin Broder, and just this iconic shades of Lemugle and then wins a Smythe. <laughs> all in successive order. Right. So, like when you talk about emotion being attached to this for the people, mm-hmm. like for Penguin fans, like I mentioned, there's like a you know that little tiny you know anti-Malkin detractor group, but like they the overwhelming sentiment is at this point we're beyond the we're beyond the point. Of, rep- of repairing and quickly pivoting to stay competitive into the future that like the, the, the shots have already been fired to sink this boat <laughs> right like if that's the case and the time is limited before you become chicago before you become you know all these other teams that, that couldn't get that pit, philadelphia all these other teams that couldn't get that pivot right yeah uh, let's just let's go for it and have some fun Like put the band like you've already brought the band back together. You already signed Rust. You already signed Letang. Like hell with it. (laughs) Like at this point. At this point, like let us keep the nostalgic element here, right? Let let us keep that. And then we'll move on. and, and, And whatever happens, happens. Um I just I'm never the type of person who buys uh a large amount of like the psychology of the sport i think it's true of goalies like goalies i think that's they're in their own world you know it's a very different but like I think young players go through a lot but like i i think that is a in- situation mike where you really have to stop you really have to ask yourself from the general manager on downs perspective like what is the impact in my organizational culture mm-hmm. of not bringing this player back especially if he goes to Washington oh, and she
1: did in my NHL universe by or the way.
0: Philly and signs a contract that's only slightly more than what he was offered in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Term aside. Like I, I just think that, you know, do you want to, if you're Ron Hextall, Mike, do you want that to be your legacy in Pittsburgh? No. Are you going to get another job in the national hockey league? if you make this decision and it goes poorly and Malkin plays 72 games next year and averages over a point per game i mean i already think
1: ron ron hextall is like accomplished nothing as an executive like how different is he from the guy who replaced him you know
0: well so in that sense wildly different
1: because well i mean like not crazy but i mean oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, in terms, in terms of like, you know, I would say like tangible success, like just the, like choosing like after, after all the contracts that this man, that this managing group has handed out, even in the last like 12 months, really, when you look at it to have Evgeny Malkin on a fourth year for Evgeny Malkin, who is coming off a point per game season, despite his injury stuff and, and his 20 goal um, output, despite his in his injury problems, like to, to make a fourth year for Evgeny Malkin, the line in the sand that you draw like officially it's, it's nonsensical and to potentially have him be lost because of that is, is absurd. Like that is, I agree. It just doesn't make any sense. Like from an outside perspective, seemingly from an inside perspective, like yours, it doesn't seem to make any sense either. I, I just, it just seems like a hockey man galaxy brain himself here. You know, it's just it doesn't it seems like he's, he. you know, like Burke and uh and Hexdollar are losing the forest in the trees and are and, and you know, are just getting tunnel vision on this. They're overthinking it and they're going like, oh, man, you know, like like we got to We got to project strength when really they didn't do anything with any. We didn't do that with anyone else. I don't I just don't
0: get it. I don't get and it. The The last note I'll make, Mike, is like there's pipe dreams out there. I think about this in terms of like, well, you know. Malkin doesn't come back. You can go out and sign Nazim and Qadri. What? With what money? Like, you still have to... Like, okay, great. Like, you didn't sign Malkin, but we're talking about a $6 million salary here, right? Like, this is not a bank-breaking number. Like, this is a very affordable number for a guy with his output. Like, the evolving wild projection on Kadri is $8.9 <laughs> Where are you Even coming then? up with that extra $2.9 and how are you filling out the rest of your roster? Like, that's, and, a, you know, like, yeah. He's going to command term. Big, big term. So and he's 32. And, it, and like, he's been injured before. Like, it's... You can't feign fourth year matters to me when, you know, you're making these, you know. So, I guess that's, that's you know, we'll see what happens. But is it's, that, it's like, I... Is that a cover for something? Do You think? The fourth year? Like, is it just... So, the, that's like, a big for- question everybody's asking, Mike. Like, everyone has asked you that question. Like, what is this, like what else is going on here? Like, yeah, what could that possibly seems... be the issue that um, doesn't make any sense? And like, I don't know. You know, there, there, I think that there was, this is, and I'm just basing this, Mike, off of what Rossi says, right? Mm-hmm. Because like he is the Malkin, like he's writing the man's autobiography, like autobi- not writing his autobiography, that would be a biography. So the Malkin whispers <laughs> Like, you know, the, the, I think from the Malkin camp, there was this acceptance sort of, of like, okay, Chris Letang is the priority here. Like, you can only play six defensemen. (laughs) You know, Letang, it's a numbers game. Letang's conditioning is pretty much impeccable. His service time is impeccable. Like, he rarely misses time. You can play him for 35 minutes and he's a horse, you know. Uh, I think Malkin was, like, their camp was, like, he and J.P. Barry were like, we get it. Okay, like, let's get that, like, take care of that business, you know, and then... We'll come back to the table, um, and I think that business got taken care of. I think people, I think everyone expected Latang to get more. Um, he got less because they gave him more term, mm-hmm. but this cat is his you know average cap hit is extremely reasonable. And I think that, like, once the Latang contract got signed, there was almost this, like, oh, Malkin's definitely getting done now, like, you know what I mean? Like, look at this, look at the savings. Like, you got two extra million to play with, like people were saying Letang is going to get 8 million a year and like he's worth, you know, his output's worth that. But now it's like, wait a minute. What's the problem? You know, you you saved money on Letang by throwing all this extra term term that you've given to other players. Like it's candy, (laughs) you know, you've traded for it. Hell. And now it's like, wait a minute. No, no terms. The problem. it's ridiculous that's bizarre so
1: i digress anyway yes it does it doesn't make sense i'm glad it's not the i'm not the only one who thinks that you know someone as tied in as you clearly is looking at that all right the draft um lots of crazy stuff happened let's go with the first overall pick first i guess i don't know about you i am not a a giant prospect guy don't know too much i used to be that um but lately you know just because my focus has had to be on the actual like the nhl right now. Um, you know, I, I, I've lost my edge, especially this year. Um, but the, the vibes, so like Montreal, great, great city. Love it. It was, it was, it was a blast being at the draft. It's a totally, it was my first time, uh, being there to cover it. You know, it's a totally different type of event. Like there's no actual hockey being played. Um, you have a lot of downtime right when you get there. And then about, I would say, maybe like you know six hours before the draft starts until you hop in your car and head home which we drove because i'm never yeah. looking at an airplane ever again um <laughs> yeah,
0: true yeah for your last <laughs> <laughs>
1: um you are working 24 7 like you are working the entire time um and so it was a blast um but the 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 crowd in the arena was awesome like like pabs fans they were they were clearly excited
0: it came hyped. through by the way on television like did it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah, Good. when Batman came. I mean, obviously the reception oh, and the for Batman, were nuts. But like them chanting Olay, like the, the St. Louis mm-hmm. reception, especially was like yes. discernible on television. So everything you just said, I felt like uh, we picked those vibes up from I'm
1: that. I'm really glad because I was wondering if it was gonna it was gonna register sometimes at the draft specifically, just I guess for some weird reason it doesn't sometimes, but um the the shock, like I would say the uh, the reaction of Whoa! Like when it when it happened. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. When uh, when Kent Hughes said, you know, from the well, yeah, there was also that, but from the from the Slovakian or from the Czech league, uh, uh, you know, Yuri Slavkovsky, and then with each pick for each of the next three picks, too, it or I guess the next two picks, um, when when Shane Wright kept sliding down. I mean, the, it just like it was. It became this like sort of symphony of crazy of, of of like tension. People are going like, "This is insane!" Because the Devils, you know, like they they wanted a D. Simon Nemich is fantastic. I wrote a whole feature on him. Didn't need a him. center. He's, he's great. They didn't need a center. They already have Hughes and Heisher. And and although I, I, am I a fan of drafting for uh, uh, for organizational or positional need over best player available? No, um, but. <laughs> But they do, but they. I would say they do need a defenseman for sure. Um, and Nemich is incredible. Like, Oh, he you great! Pretend,
0: Unbelievable player. Yeah, you
1: know, he's he's a great guy too. Like I wrote a whole feature on him for the THN's draft preview. Um, and you know he's a great guy. Like he he's one of these he's one of these cool guys who doesn't he doesn't like to skate in the off season, and he's very open about that. Or he he'll do it. He like he'll train like a frigging monster, and he only and he's like me. He will only work out alone. He doesn't like these group these group things or these classes or these, these, you know, like these, these sort of group workouts. that they do, he he likes to be just him and his trainer alone, um, which is cool. But so he gets picked and then Logan Cooley gets picked and you go like, what the hell? Like Shane Wright has dropped all the way down to fourth and the Seattle Kraken get an incredible player at fourth. Take me through that, that on your, cause I feel like, you know, a little bit more about,
0: about prospects than me. Like, like why would they choose Slavkovsky? I don't know the answer to that question. I, I mean, I think there's the riser element to it, right? Like how good he looked in an abbreviated world stage, um the dominant he looked in an abbreviated world stage that carried him like so far. But this one to me was big-brained, and I'm gonna tell you my here's my Shane Wright spiel for you. Like I, it's just so you know, NHL E models, right? The statistical side to this care so much about scoring rate as it relates to age, right? Mm-hmm. And like Shane, what Shane Wright did is stupid. He got an exception to play early, did so, and then it put up a disgusting number of goals <laughs> as like a, as a child, do you understand? Like a literal child in the OHL. Then as time went on, he maintained, in my opinion, the offensive skill he had. He did not degrade in any way, mm-hmm. but he added dimensions to his game. And how many times, Mike, have you heard about a young center who's super offensively gifted that doesn't play the game from a 200-foot level and you can't play the penalty, you know?
1: I've heard, I've heard that a million times, and especially in the tone that you just said it.
0: So... Shane Wright spends time continuing to be really good offensively, albeit what people wanted, Mike, what people wanted Mm -hmm. in this case was him to score 299 points. They wanted him to come in as a 15-year-old, do exactly what he did, play out of his mind, and then build off that every year to the point that he'd become this unstoppable offensive behemoth. And that's not what happened. It's not what happened. They got a player now who does really amazing things offensively and there's a really good offensive talent and can play like a really good 200-foot game and can kill penalties and can be deployed in any way you want to deploy him. But somehow people held that against him because Slikovsky got size. man. He's big. And don't get me wrong. Like, this sounds like I'm knocking Slikovsky. And I don't think that there was like a right or wrong answer to this. Like, you know, I, Both are you good know, players. I think it got big brain though. I think it got yes. big brain and, and the people had too much time to think about this because Shane Wright was on that path so early of being like, you can't miss it. Like, this is going to be a really good player. The Scott Wheeler articles are out, like here it comes. And then like, I think like that train of momentum, uh, the expectation people had drawn up, they didn't live up to the hype for them offensively. But I, I, the Canadians still got a good player. They got a player who potentially Mike will help them, um, you know, maybe sooner because not bound by a CHL transfer agreement. Right. So if you want to get him in the American hockey league, you know, potentially ability to do that sooner. Um, but it just blows my mind. It's what a good day for the Kraken. And I'm not hating on Logan Cooley at all. No, right? no, like, he's going to be great too. Arizona was, you know, people. By the way, like a lot of people are like, "Well, he is from Pittsburgh, yeah." Not a Penguins fan, really. Mike, he grew up a Caps fan in Pittsburgh. Is he insane? Crazy! Right? This is a huge Ovechkin. Kid. I didn't even know that was possible. No, but I saw like people were saying, "All oh, coolies, a Yenzer." Said, "No, you cannot call him a Yenzer. He was not a he's, Penguins fan." No, you can't. You can't. You Got to have the Yenzer moniker revoked. Uh, but he'll be very good. And, and like they get a good play. And like you said, you know, New Jersey didn't need a center. It's just, it's just crazy the way it worked out. And I don't think the one thing I also say about this draft is I don't think that there was a clear like, wow, what, what did this team do? What yeah. an awful job in the first round? Like, I think there were clear cut winners. Like it's there were teams that did really Winnipeg, for instance, I thought did phenomenal job uh, with their picks and great value in both circumstances. But I don't think there was anybody that everybody pointed to and be like, ha what a bunch of idiots. You know, I always like that. So I was a little bit disappointed that nobody really, like, whiffed so hard they spun around in a circle and fell down,
1: you know? I think, yes, it's always fun to see. I think there was definitely that in terms of trades. Um, yeah. The Chicago Blackhawks had one of the worst three-day stretches, I will say, of a team in recent memory. Um, and it's not just because I'm, you know, Hating on their, you know, their, their very blatant, you know, like, like, I uh, sort sort of like intention to tank. Um, Mark Lazarus has write, written some fantastic pieces, your, your colleague, um, at the athletic about that. And, and a lot of that centers around, you know, how much he hates tanking. But I just gonna say, like, they, they had an asset in Alex de Brincat, mm-hmm. um, a 24 year old who has two 40 goal seasons under his belt, who is just, um, uh, uh, oh, also, hey, good, good, good news for you just now. Ricard Raquel is going to re-sign with the Pens. How much is that for? They have not uh, uh, disclosed the financial deals. Contract is in final stages. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? But yes, the Chicago Blackhawks. They had they had an asset in Alex DeBrinkat, twenty-four year old. You know, making a good amount of money based on a forty goal season. You know, he's making six point four million next year. He's still going to be an RFA after that contract is done um, after next season. He just scored a four. He just scored 41 goals on a team that was actively trying to be bad through the end of last season. Also was mired in the worst sexual assaults cover up um, in, in, I would say, NHL history uh, before with with organizational tum- uh, turmoil like crazy. Um, and uh, around that. Uh, so it might be a little difficult for the players to focus on hockey when, you know, like when they're when they, they realize, OK, we're in I'm in a an environment where that you know, essentially like ruined a person's life. I wonder how that might impact me. So, um, so yeah, that's to go on, into the whole thing. And he still produced the way he did um, in terms of cost certainty, in terms of, 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 just like the actual, like team control. He's there. That's a, that, that is about as valuable of a trade asset as you could possibly have in the modern NHL. And you're going into the draft when teams, when teams, everyone's, you know, everyone's in one room and teams have as much, I would say like flexibility, as they're ever going to have for the next calendar year. Really? That's as much, that, that, that is when teams have as much roster flexibility, as much cap flexibility, you know, as, as much, you know, like organizational approval, like, like sort of like ownership approval. Like when that is, that is the time when you can get the most bang for your buck when it comes to trades and they sold him for pennies on the dollar. Mm. And then they did the exact same thing with Kirby doc, who, who, although there's a couple caveats I want to get into um, with Kirby doc but like they did the exact same thing with that. They got nothing really back for, for both of them. They got like a first round pick and you know, they got some first round picks, but that's it. And when you even look at like, dude, like, like they got, they got less for Alex to bring than the lease paid for Nick Foligno.
0: Mm.
1: Like that's insane. Here's another thing
0: mean, I'll say too, Mike, like yeah. if you're in a position where like, you're, you're looking to accrue assets, Right and maybe the draft year that you're in is notorious for not being the greatest and having like limited depth and maybe like only being able to produce players that are like realistically like third or fourth liners at best, maybe just get assets in a different year. Sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Why pull them all (laughs) into this one draft? I don't, I don't know. It was all in. It seemed too all in for me, I guess, in that sense. Absolutely. So what's very interesting though,
1: People are talking about Kirby doc. Why is everyone giving get like, why are they getting rid of Kirby doc so early? Yeah. He struggled a bit or whatever, but I mean, this is a third overall pick. He's talented. He's 21 years old. You know, he should be exactly the kind of player you build around. I would say the, the worst kept secret on the draft floor is that the Blackhawks could not wait to not have Kirby doc in their building anymore. Mm. Um, Apparently. And this is again, just what I was hearing on the draft floor. Um, but apparently Kirby doc is just a nightmare, um, to coach, to oversee, um, to teach all of that. Apparently it is, it is not fun to have, uh, um, to be in a, a, you know, like to, to essentially teach Kirby doc. Um, he thinks he's, he already thinks he's the best, uh, he, you know, he doesn't, he feels like he doesn't have to train too hard cause he's got so much skill, um, you know, just all, all that. And so I can understand why they want to get rid of them, but they didn't need to let that leak. They didn't need to, you know, they didn't, they didn't need to have anyone know that. And they didn't need to sell him for pennies on the dollar either. Like it's like they Kyle Davidson. And I'm wondering too, with this. So the, what the Blackhawks did and, and, you know, like some people defended his hiring at the time, but um, you know, he worked out, he, you know, he worked through the organization so much, you know, he, you know, he, he, he's worked his way through the hockey ranks and he was young, this, that, the other, after everything that happened with the Chicago Blackhawks and then with, um, with how open and how like sort of weirdly like gung-ho they were about saying, look how many people outside of the Blackhawks organization we're, we're interviewing, look how many diverse candidates we are. They went with the guy who's been with the team since he was 22 years old. Um, That's what they, that's who they landed on. A guy who was with the organization during the time of all that stuff it, it uh you know that happened and everything i just think that that was the absolute wrong move and we're seeing it he he like these trades could set the blackhawks back in that in this rebuild that they're they're about to go on for years
0: 100 agree now we get to watch whether or not uh, martin saint louis can solve the kirby doc mystery yeah now i think that
1: now apparently Kirby Doc is um is a big Martin St. Louis fan. Like he's all like he he grew up really liking him, so he'll be a lot more amenable to to being taught by him. But I think the fact that that it's even a it's even a question is a pretty I, I you know I think that's a pretty daunting sort of mindset. It's like, oh will this 21-year-old guy who has who who had 26 points last year, um in nine goals and that was his career highs are they gonna i wonder if we'll be able to teach him no he should come in there and be like please make me a good hockey player because the, my other organization didn't and who knows maybe he's doing that but all the indications seem that he's not and i got i have a sense that you know if he was good at, if he was you know quote unquote good in the room or if he was you know a joy to coach or a joy to be around i have a feeling we're not having this conversation so that kind of clears that up but the de cat it makes absolutely no sense, Agreed. none whatsoever. Um, I guess we'll do some rapid fire. Billy Huso to the to the Red Wings. What do you think about that?
0: Uh, one of my favorite followers on Twitter. Great Detroit Red Wings follow Geizerman season S Z N on okay. the end there. Tweeted me during the Stanley Cup playoffs in relation. I started a conversation, Mike. I think based on something you and I had talked about on the podcast. Uh, and said, you know what would be great is if you guys were going to go out and get Philly Hueso on a really cheap deal. <laughs> I mean, like, played it out exactly the way that it, that it, that was it went that, down. But is it a cheap deal, though? No. That, so that's that's a good point. Um, but I mean, like, and how do you feel about your tandem if you're if you're Detroit? It's tough, man.
1: I don't know. You probably I don't feel, know how I feel about you it. You probably
0: feel a lot like Penguins fans do with Tristan Jari and Casey the Smith. So <laughs> I feel like you're probably in the same boat. So I don't know. Um, Tony D'Angelo goes to oh,
1: Philadelphia. Uh, just Chuck Fletcher is the dumbest general manager in the league. They have Rasmus yeah. Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo. Oh, dude, they got Rasmus Ristolainen was traded for more than uh, uh than, than Alex Debrinkat. <laughs>
0: That's a really good point. You're right. That's That's, we should have thought of that earlier. That's insane. That yeah. was the that was
1: the thing I saw on Twitter. The comparable, and I totally blanked on it. But yeah. um, what I what I love is handing. million uh, to a guy who has to who has to answer questions like, does he support the um, the January 6th storming of the Capitol? And is he racist Um, during his introductory introductory press conferences, which is what's happened the last two years, because he's gone from one team to another. Um, And and on top of that. For the Flyers, a team that is trying to rebuild a team or should be trying to rebuild. Should be is the a key that should be getting as much young cheap talent as possible for them to gut their mid-draft capital by sending a second, third, and fourth round pick for the negotiating rights to D'Angelo for the like a guy who they could have signed for free if they waited four days. <laughs> um that's it, it Chuck like that. Chuck Fletcher gets to sit down in his padded chair in his own office and look at his nameplate on his desk and it says general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers or just NHL general manager at all is absurd. He's the worst general manager in the league. Now he's the new Jim Benning. Everything he touches is terrible. Um, And the flyer, like I, I, and he has accomplished as an actual GM in the league, he's accomplished nothing and he still gets blank checks and it just boggles my mind. I do not get it. Agreed.
0: I couldn't, I don't have anything to add to that. (laughs)
1: um i guess real quick sort of like VDek vanacek going to going, going to the devils very that's i think that's interesting he was he was decent last year i had him in fantasy so he was he, he kind of came in clutch for me sometimes um maybe now that he'll be he'll likely be battle he'll be battling out with another young goalie and um mckenzie blackwood who knows maybe that could be good for both of them um what else happened there were a couple more other than that like it was a pretty interesting draft, you know? Like, like Luke Cunning got traded. Cool. Um, yeah. I mean,
0: I think, uh, what did you, th- yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I, it was the first one on ESPN.
1: Mm-hmm. In the How'd that States. go?
0: Um, I thought Emily Kaplan did a really good job. Wow. Um,
1: evergreen statement right there.
0: Yeah. Well, just in that, like, and I'm just going to call a couple things out. She went off script a lot. Right, so like, if somebody gave her a nugget that was good, she wasn't gonna go like, "Hey, describe your game to me in ten words." Oh, I'm a stand up puck moving defense. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, "What's with the suit?" <laughs> like, I like that. Like, why? You know, that was good. Like Megan Shaker was on too. Um, I saw that, which is good. That's she had great. some. Yeah, she was dropping the hot stats. I just, I did, I think, miss like a little bit of like discussion around BPA. Like, I think where ESPN missed was, like, let's really go over who the best player available is. Like, they gave you Shane Wright falling, right? But, like, as the draft went on, like, and you got further into the the first round, and like, a guy like a Danila Yurov is just pre- precipitously falling mm-hmm. at that point. There wasn't a lot of talk about that, you know? There wasn't a lot of discussion, like, what's happening with Lane Hudson or – Why are these guys BPAs? What could potentially be the reason that they're not being picked? Like, I just, there was, I felt like there was so much being crammed into, we're going to talk to the GM, we're going to talk to the pick, we're going to analyze the pick and then we're moving into the next pick. Like I, there was a, I felt like maybe like a little bit of a bigger picture narrative that was missed, but that was it. Otherwise I thought they did a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah. Also breaking news. Now the penguins have agreed to terms, um, or the Frankston Valley saying hearing Ricard Raquel and the penguins have agreed to terms on extension in the neighborhood of five years and $5 million per year. Wow. Uh, but, but a fourth year for Evgeny Malkin is the, uh, the line. Not on the doable. Not doable. No, it's just not just simply not. Um I guess that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. We are going to have – we this is going to be uh, one of those weeks where we record, I would say, probably twice. We record right after the uh, – or not right after, but we're, we're going to give a, a free agent sort of recap because Wednesday is going to be insane given the yeah. amount of players that weren't qualified today, um, given the players that are, uh, like we said, heading to market. Um, the player like the the potential trades to uh, to free up some cap stuff the goalie market's crazy everything it's going to be nuts um the sheer volume and also i would say like magnitude of players moving is going to be pretty wild so i can't wait to talk about that with you after it happens um jesse anything you want to leave our listeners with before we uh before we head out Be nice to each other you know
0: yeah I know. it's a good but, call that's it. i don't know i don't have anything else right. <laughs> well it's always I wrote a, I wrote, if you love owen pickering i wrote a really great uh write up on him you can check it out on the athletic do it yeah if you feel passionately about him listen jesse called a shot no on one pickering right after he the did, penguins got
1: eliminated i yeah. cannot believe that worked i not doubting not doubting your you know omnish omnipotence or anything i'm just saying like i it's it's wild um yes so on that note we are going to bid you farewell until after free agency where we'll recap all that crazy stuff jesse it's always a pleasure talking to you. I'll see you next
0: time. We'll see you, sir.